We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, and I am recording tonight's show after the Timberwolves won a game in overtime thriller in Dallas. Uh, in all seriousness, it, I think it was encouraging. It was an encouraging note to, to end the preseason on, and on tonight's show, we're going to get into Anthony Edwards um, turning in what I thought was his best performance of the preseason. I will talk Jerk Culver shining again and how I think he and Josh Okogie are making a case that that they're a, a formidable wing duo to be played this season, which I would I can't believe I'm saying. Uh we'll also talk about some Nas Reed, uh who made who made his preseason debut, and we'll break down the Jordan McLaughlin signing that broke right before um the game began. But um I'm gonna start with Carl Anthony Towns. And honestly, uh, I even in my notes during the game, I, I wasn't planning on starting with Cat. Uh, I, I think most of you know my, my stance with Cat this preseason uh, has just kind of been let's let's let this thing play out. Let's not get let's not get too close to it. You know what what can we do? What 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 can we even say? Um, I I don't I haven't felt like it's my place. I, privately, I, I've thought to myself that turning the focus to basketball would maybe be a good thing. 
but I, I totally, I obviously wasn't going to push that. And I was going to understand if that's not where he wanted to go with this. And that was just my plan was to, to respect what he wanted to do. And then tonight, uh, just completely blindsiding me, I, I think Carl gave his most honest basketball-centric interview I've ever heard him give. I mean, I, I've probably, over the years, done 100-plus media scrums with Cat, and and they've all been different than this one, honestly. I mean, it just pre-pandemic, before before everything just went crazy and, and basketball was just the thing, I, I, I so badly wanted Carl to answer a question about his defense by just by answering it strongly by just saying, yo, I'm awesome at basketball. I've been really ba- awesome at basketball since I got in this league, and I've done that even though I can still improve on defense. I've wanted to hear him say that. And tonight he did. I, I thought that was just so important for him to do. So I'm going to start the show tonight um, by playing an extended clip longer than I normally do for these little interview bits. But I, I thought it was really important and I want you to hear these words, and then, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about talk about why I think this is the the rare situation where the post game words actually matter. So here's Cat. Hey Carl, uh, just wondering in terms of the way that you feel out there on the court. I mean, does it feel like it's been nine months since you played a game? Just in terms of overall uh, feel for the game and all that? How has that process been and just getting reacclimated to, to playing again after so long away? Um, uh, for sure, uh, for sure say that uh, I have rust. Um, Three-point shots have been really um, something I've, I've worked and made well, but just in this preseason and training camp, I just haven't shot particularly well as, like, as well as I would like to, but like I said, I've never been worried about the offensive thing. Um, I just want to lock in defensively um, for us, and especially for that's the biggest reason. You know, we haven't found success, so just trying to do my part to uh, be where I'm supposed to be, talk the coverages correctly, and uh, just, you know, not do too much like I've done sometimes, you know, jumping out of place and stuff like that. Also curious for um, just in terms of the talent around you, you know, D'Lo, Malik, Ricky, Ant, like all these guys, do you, I wonder if you feel in some ways that, you know, this group is maybe more built to take advantage of the talents that you have in terms of, you know, you kicking out and maybe them being able to knock down those outside shots, you know, just kind of this team being built in a little bit different way that, you know, if you guys are clicking, you, you guys have a pretty good chance here. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, my job is just my job is as you know with everything is to bring the best out of them so i don't feel that it's more about me um them complimenting me but i have to figure out how to compliment them um this this not only me but this whole organization and this team has to make anthony great and um it's all of us it takes it takes a village you know i was fortunate to have kg and Keshawn prince and uh, um mr miller and everybody but you know i i gotta translate that to Ant with, you know, obviously not having that kind of experience. So um, just, you know, he's he's doing an amazing job. Ant is really hungry to be great. And that's what's so positive about him. He wants to be great. He wants to be the best. So um, it's, it's up to us as a team and organization, especially me and D'Lo as leaders to bring the best out of him and help him find the groove and rhythm he needs to be successful in this NBA. We'll go Jason and Dane. Chase, go ahead. Carl, heading into year two of this defensive system, 
where do you feel like your grasp is, um, I guess, individually and as a team of exactly where you do want to be on each play and what to do and how much, how much easier, I guess, can things be in year two of a certain system? That's a great question. Um, yeah, year two in a system, I mean, if you think about it, I've never in my career had two years of the same system almost. So um, it's very uh, it's very cool to be able to understand it completely, have digested it over time. And um, I've obviously been, you know, say for me, to me in my life, it's been fortunate, but to be injured and um, watched it play out and see how I could be better in spots. And when I come back, how can I do this? How can I do that better? Um, and, you know, for me, the system has been great. Um, I've been very fortunate to have a great coaching staff and great coach like DV where it's been uh, it's been easy for me to pick up, especially this year. And it's been great. You know, it's been great for, for me so far in the preseason. So uh, obviously make it translate, make some adjustments, and then uh, go into the regular season. For a long time, I, I've been thinking about an interview that Ben Simmons gave back about a year or two ago in, in regards to Cat. And in, in that interview, Simmons was, was asked about how his lack of a shot might hold him back. And, and Simmons responded that day by acknowledging that adding a shot to his game is the next horizon for him. He, he said it was what could take him from being very good to great. And I loved that answer. We do this thing in basketball where offensive faults are just much easier to admit, admit than defensive ones. And so I've always thought about that, that those Simmons comments, and I think it's so similar to Cat, where it's just this one flaw in their game, but a game that is still really good. And and I just kind of had gotten to the point where with Cat I didn't I didn't think it was ever gonna really be acknowledged in that way and you know t- to be fair it's something prior to tonight that he's pretty much always poo-pooed I mean trust me I've I've been there there's been a lot of poo-pooing it's not that he never acknowledged the defense of the team could improve it's that he's never acknowledged his defense needed to improve and I mean you heard those words he was putting it actually on him and and, and giving reasons why there are things that he specifically needs to change and I thought it was humble of him to admit that and I think that's the, it's the first and most encouraging sign that hints that things might change. And I'm I'm sorry, you know, tonight it's great. Anthony Edwards had his best preseason game, and that Jordan McLaughlin signed, and that Culver is this new human. But this this is the story. Cat is always the story. The Minnesota Timberwolves go as far as Cat takes them, and and Cat only goes as far as his defensive ceiling. And I mean. You know how it's been. That that ceiling has always been made of glass with Cat. You could always see through that barrier, but it was definitely a barrier. And if he does break that ceiling, I mean, I'm going to remember tonight as the first time I actually believed it was possible because he he acknowledged it could change. I think that matters. All right, my first observation um, from the actual basketball game was was Anthony Edwards. And it, it was his best. It was his best game of the preseason. Um, in Edwards' first two games combined, he scored 17 points. He was two of 12 from three, and he had eight turnovers tonight against Dallas. Alone in this one game, he had 17 points. He was three for eight from three, and had zero turnovers. If I'm being honest, like in in, in the notes I had for for this show tonight, I, I was 
I was planning on taking this segment of the pod to compare compare Edwards' preseason film and where it had lacked compared to the other top picks from this draft class. I spent the afternoon on Synergy watching the film of the other top eight picks in this class, the ones who have played from, you know, like LaMelo Ball to Obi Toppin down, down at eight. And with all of them in my notes, every single one of them, both sides of the ball, is able to put down real encouraging elements from each of those players' film that they've laid down in the preseason. And I, I went back to Ants before the Dallas game, and I was watching it, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is not the same thing. And it wasn't, you know, it's not that I'm hitting the panic button or anything like that. It was, or I wasn't. It, it's, it was just the point I was going to try and get across was that this is probably going to take Anthony Edwards a little longer than the rest of the guys. But then on, then tonight happened. And honestly, if you if you mix in the good bits and pieces from this Dallas game to what to, to the rest of his film, it's as good as the other guys. There, there was there was there were positives, and 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 they stack up as well as Lamelo balls do, or as well as Isaac Okoro's, or go down the list, Killian Hayes. Like Anthony Edwards does not look like he's he's behind if we just go by the tape. It, it was really encouraging to see Anthony Edwards work tonight with the ball in his hands, and he actually included his teammates. That was a big step in those actions. Almost everything in the first two games was just all him or nothing. And and, and to see him work with Cat, I mean, that's big. To see that two-man game, to see him, to see him be able to find Culver while, while he's coming off of a screen as a cutter or just for a kick out, you know, th- those things matter. We hadn't seen those in the first two games. And we also saw Edwards play some defense. I thought the defense was particularly encouraging. It was the same stuff that he flashed at Georgia. He showed that ability to be this almost like immovable wall on wheels. And, you know, they're, they're, they were also just flashes tonight like they were at Georgia. But but it was something. It, it, it showed that he can do this against NBA talent. He did it against Luka. Edwards doesn't need to be this team's defensive stopper. That's the Akogi and Culver role on this team. And even Malik Beasley's next in line. But but the regular season is going to come, and if Edwards is on the floor in the fourth quarter of games, teams are going to test him by hunting him. He, he has to be able to handle that switch onto a Luka or a Jaw or whoever it might be when they're playing. Because that's, how, that's just how the NBA works. Team, team, particularly in the fourth quarter, teams hunt. Tonight, I think, showed that Edwards has not only the potential to be a positively impactful offensive player, but that he already has the ability in there at the NBA level to, to hold his own defensively. Now he's just got to do he's just got to do that more more with some more consistency than he did at Georgia. Let's take a quick ad break, and we'll get to Culver and Akogi. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidate candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. 
You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. My, my third observation from tonight, and I, again, I can't believe I'm saying this, but color me a believer in the, the Akogi-Culver-Wingstopper duo. I mean, Akogi... He didn't have a great first two games, but he was legitimately excellent on Doncic tonight. I mean, I, I'll have to go back and look at the film, but off the top of my head, I can think about four of about four A plus possessions from Okogi and Luca, and and you know, and that was just on top of his normally solid effort defensively. I also thought it was encouraging to see Josh knock down his first two threes tonight. I mean, that that's all he has to do: be great on D and just quietly solid on offense, and that's a hell of a player. And then Jerk Culver, he was much more than quietly solid on offense tonight. He looked really good. Culver also hit two threes on his way to 18 points, and he was six for six from the free throw line. And, uh, I mean, people think it's stupid to, when we're celebrating these things, but Culver made all 10 of his free throws in the preseason. It took Culver 13 regular season games last year to make 10 free throws. 13 games. And it took 13 games because it took him 29 free throw attempts to get to 10. I mean, this, what we've saw, particularly from, from Culver, because I think Kogi was already, you know, firmly in the rotation mix at, or just a starter for this team. But what Culver's shown me has me for sure thinking he should play. And it also has me open to the idea that both him and Kogi should share the floor at the same time, which is something they did not do after the deadline at all last season. Ryan... Saunders basically said, we're not doing that. We can't. The, the spacing crumbles. And I'm, I'm really curious to see if he tries it this season. When Cat's back, after the deadline, Cat wasn't there to play with them. And I, I'm starting to think that they should play together. And it needs to be with Cat, but I'm going to hammer this home that this year the importance and the value of having wing defenders on the floor so as to be able to hide D'Lo and Beasley defensively that's important. Yes, I, I I just was talking about how teams can hunt for mismatch, 
mismatches, but that becomes harder the more capable wing defenders you have on the floor. Defensively, it would be ideal to be able to play both Culver and Akogi together. But, and you know, let's be fair. Let's, let's talk about it. Like, that duo did not work last season. Overall, the team, just to set some numbers here, overall the team got outscored by 4.3 points per 100 possessions last season. That's what a net rating of minus 4.3 is, and that's pretty bad. The team's net rating when Akogi and Culver were on the floor was even worse, minus 6. And then when Akogi and Culver played together and Cat wasn't on the floor with them, their net rating was minus 13, which is just atrocious and understandably unplayable. Thus, Saunders stopping playing them together after the trade deadline. But tucked in there in the first half of the season when Cat was playing, there was a good chunk of minutes when Akogi, Culver, and Cat were all on the floor together. And that trio had a positive net rating, plus 1.3, which is pretty good. Just over, That's a good winning trio. And... And it was good because Cat carried the offense for two for two underwhelming offensive players. That threesome had an offensive rating of 119.5, which if you don't know what that number means, that's awesome. That's 98th percentile of the whole NBA. Elite offense, even though Okogi and Culver are out there. Cat is that much of a bellwether offensively. He can make that difference. And so I guess my point is that playing Okogi and Culver together might be a fair gamble to make given their defensive chops, provided that whenever they play together, it's always with Cat. The offense will always be good if Cat's out there, and those two playing together should have a really positive defensive impact on the other two guys that are out there who, you know, maybe that's Beasley, maybe that's D'Lo, maybe that's Edwards. You know, they need... They, they might need those guys just to be able to survive defensively. So here's what Ryan Saunders had to say about the co- competition for wing minutes after the game hinting at that both players are going to play but that it's going to be it's going to be a competition for minutes and then just quickly with with josh i I felt like this was probably his his best game of the preseason and just can you speak to the the weapon he can be um defending on the perimeter there what he did on luca in the first half yeah i think that you know what you were able to see and josh picking him up too um you know that was a that was a big uh um big boost for us and, uh, you know, we got some guys competing for minutes right now that are all earning minutes. So, you know, hey, we, we can be a team that maybe, you know, we're, we're more situational too. Some guys play more one night, play less another night based off matchups. It, it, that's going to take buy-in from the group because um, we have some guys on that wing position really competing and really, um, you know, tonight a lot of guys did a lot of nice things. You know, Malik, uh, for him to rebound the ball, you know, the way he did and getting 11 rebounds, but then also, you know, in the second half, we want to see him on Luca. Um, I thought he did a good job competing too. Uh, so, you know, we saw we saw a number of positives tonight that uh, that I feel good about. All right, observation four. We'll just hit this one briefly. It's just noting how the bigs rotation worked in this third and final preseason game. They had all their bigs um, tonight, and and things were different. Not in the starting lineup again. Jake Lehman started with Cat. Um, in the front court, and Juancho Hernan Gomez came off the bench for Lehman, as it happened in the first two games. The change tonight was that Nas Reed, who's finally back um, from the COVID protocol, he was the one who came in behind Cat. He took what had been the Ed Davis role. Also, Rondae Hellas Jefferson was not in the rotation. He again didn't come in until the third quarter. 
And I think when I'm talking about what I think is going to happen is that I think this will be the Wolves opening day rotation in the front court. Lehman and Wancho at power forward and then Cat and Nas at center. I, I know people are going to call for Hollis Jefferson to play. And I think there's some merit to that. We've talked about this plenty. And I bet he, I bet Hollis Jefferson will play some five when Cat inevitably gets in foul trouble. Cat picked up five fouls in 20 minutes again tonight. But I don't think that Hollis Jefferson or Davis are going to be in the opening 10-man rotation. And I think Nas Reed is going to be the guy who who is the backup center um, on this team. I think Ryan Saunders loves what Nas is able to provide offensively. And we, we saw we saw Nas look really good in the in the second half tonight and was a huge reason of why I mean it was garbage time it's the end of a preseason game but they don't come back in the fourth quarter they don't get to overtime and they don't win if it if it's not for Nas Reed and you know I take it as an indication that he's going to to be in the 10 10 man rotation come come the first game of the season my final observation um from tonight is is that Jordan McLaughlin finally signed this has obviously been a long, dragged-out sort of process, so I kind of want to go through what the details are as I understand them. Just very generally, the holdup here was that McLaughlin was a restricted free agent, which means, also very generally, that the Wolves held a lot of leverage in the negotiations. He was literally restricted in what he could do. In restricted free agency, rather than signing a new deal, you have or before you can sign a new deal, the team has to offer you what is called a qualifying offer. And that's just a one-year deal that you can take if you want. And, and then in a year, you can become an unrestricted free agent. It's, it's your way out of the, out of the team that you're, you're on currently. For example, Juancho Hernan Gomez, he almost took his qualifying offer. It was a one-year $4.8 million qualifying offer. And if Juancho would have signed that, he would have been able to be an unrestricted free agent in a year next summer. Wancho's qualifying offer was a lot bigger than McLaughlin's, which makes it a very different thing. And even he almost took it. The problem with McLaughlin is that his qualifying offer, given that he's coming off of a two-way contract, and because the NBA's rules here are just not fair, is that his qualifying offer was another two-way contract. So McLaughlin had been sitting there, all offseason trying to convince the Wolves that he's worth more than that, which, you know, to be fair, he is. But he just didn't have much leverage in the situation. He, he could have signed another contract with another team, but the Wolves would have had rights to match that contract. Again, leverage in the situation. That would have forced him to stay in Minnesota. And as we've seen played out time and again in restricted free agency, this whole matching process is often... To, disincentivizes other teams from even offering that contract at all because the incumbent team has what's called the right of first refusal and they can they can just match the contract. So as as I understand it, what I've heard happened was that the Wolves basically gave McLaughlin two options. And that was one, you can sign your qualifying offer, which is a two-way contract, and in a year you'll be an unrestricted free agent and we can we can play it out then. Or you can sign one of those what I like to call Gupta special contracts. Those those Nas Reed Jalen Noel deals where it's a four year contract, but only the first year is guaranteed. 
I mean, it's a great team contract. The team, it's it's literally as good of a contract as a team can sign. You you lock in a guy on the minimum for four years, and only the first year is guaranteed. So if it's good for the team, it's not a good contract for a player, typically. It, it's, it's actually the worst contract that they can sign. I mean, go back to go back to last offseason, and Noel and his agent were not happy about the Wolves making this happen with his his second round contract last year. It was it was the same thing. If you remember, there was that delay too. So basically, with the leverage the Wolves had within the rules, I'm not saying they didn't do anything wrong. They played by the rules. They said that that McLaughlin could take this Goop to special deal, or he could accept the qualifying offer again, which was a two way. So, so what you're going to hear people say on Twitter or write is that Jordan McLaughlin, quote, bet on himself. And that's what they mean, is, is he took less money, but he now bet on himself by having the freedom to sign a bigger deal next year than that Gupta special would have locked him into. At the end of the day, McLaughlin's back. The Wolves have their third point guard, and he's going to have to be ready quick. The season starts in five days. It's go time. That's all I have for tonight. The season does start in five days, and I'll have another pod before before that first game in Detroit. Um, but until then, we're going to take the weekend off. Um, from Maybe I'll take a little break from Timberwolves basketball because this is going to start. The season's going to come fast, man. Games are going to be closer to each other, and, and we're just going to get rolling. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to do these, these post-games pods. They've been fun. Um, I hope... There's something you've come to enjoy. I'm going to continue to do them after every game all season. Uh, as maybe you're coming to notice, uh, they, they show up in your podcast player um, the morning after the game. I'm, I'm recording them decently late at night after the games end. And then um, my, my editor has to edit them. So so I know I'm getting a lot of messages and stuff like, oh, where's where's the podcast? Well, I can't just immediately upload it as soon as the buzzer sounds. It's gonna be It's going to be something that... That shows up early in the morning, but uh, but the next morning. So um, that's all. I, that's all I have for today. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stop. Yeah, green it all so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah, hope you dancing like nobody else around. Yeah.